Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we have stark contrasts within our texts. We have the stark contrasts of Proverbs where Solomon tells his son to hear and accept his words that he would not go astray because he talks about those who sin and those who practice sin, that they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble and that keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow, flow, flow the springs of life. And they are life to those who find those words, and, heal, and, and it is healing to all their flesh. We see in the text from Galatians, the stark contrast between the flesh and the spirit that, you know, I, I said at the beginning, I've got a bit of a speech impediment, and um, you can kind of tell when I'm going to stutter because it's, it happens during some words that I'm nervous about saying, and who wants to really talk about sexual immorality? And all these other things, right? So that's part of the reason if you want to have some, some understanding as to why I had a hard block there. But it's because it's uncomfortable to talk about, right? Who talks about those things in polite society? Well, Paul thinks by the power of the Holy Spirit that it's something we need to pay attention to. That in these things, there are grave uh, Warnings that if you are to endure in these things, that if you practice these things, you will be disinherited from the kingdom of God. And likewise, though, on the other side of things, there is the fruit of the Spirit. And this is a stark contrast there. The works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. That works are something that you bring about. Fruit is something that is a gift, right? That in the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And another stark contrast here, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then in our gospel text, we have the stark contrast with the... um, Leprous men, the ten who call out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
and that when Jesus heals them, another stark contrast that only one out of the 10 comes back to give thanks and praise to God, that is, to Jesus. And he, surprisingly, was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And so he says to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Um, within these texts, we see a theme and a pattern. Within these things, we see that we are to be content and delight in the things of God, even though the world may hate us. You may not see that readily right now, but to unpack it a little bit, we see it through the lens of the gospel text today, that the Samaritan. He is the one who turns and gives thanks to God. Last week, we had the parable of the Good Samaritan that was shocking to people who would have heard it from Jesus' lips because the Samaritans are people who are persona non grata, right? They are ones who are not allowed in polite society. They are half-breeds. They are adulterers. They are the idolaters of the one true faith. And yet they are given as the example of faithfulness, that God takes them and by the power of his Holy Spirit turns them to, toward him and his grace. And the reason why I say that the theme throughout all of this is to be content and to, and to, to delight in saving faith in the things of God even though the world hates you, is because this Samaritan, though he was the only one out of those 10 that turned and give thanks to God, do you think that it made his life that much easier? He was still hated. He was still a Samaritan. And maybe he was hated even more because he followed after Christ, that the world saw him as doubly bad in some sense, but it doesn't matter to him, right? It doesn't matter to him because he can, content, he can be content in these things, knowing that once he was this leprous person, knowing that not only was he a Samaritan, but he was a leper. He was covered in sores and possibly lost some fingers or some toes because leprosy is a nasty, nasty disease. If you don't know anything about it, well, check it out sometime. It's actually very disturbing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing that it's no longer such a plague that we have to be concerned about today. But it was something that is, I think, very much used in God's word to show us the seriousness of sin. That sin is so serious, just like... Just like um, leprosy, that what happens with um, leprosy is it's a neurological, it's a neurological um, disease that it attacks the nerve endings and you can lose parts of your body. Noses can fall off. They rot off. It's disgusting. The fingers can fall off. 
People can lose these parts of themselves, but you know what? They don't even know because the nerve endings have been so damaged, they can't even tell. They are rotting away before people's eyes and they can't even feel it. And if that's not a good picture of what sin can do to us, I don't know what is. The only difference is, is that leprosy, you can see. Sin, on some level, it's harder to see. That we are plagued by sin. We are plagued with the sinful flesh that desires to pull us further and further away from God. And yet, God comes in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And he lives the perfect life that we should live. And he dies the perfect death that we should die for our sakes. He does it all for us. And likewise, as just as he heals these ten, he heals you of your sin. He heals you. He makes you whole. Though parts of you have fallen away because of your sinful flesh, he brings them back to fullness. He he restores you in body and soul. But sometimes it may not feel that way because the sin that we commit still has consequences for our lives now. We will not be fully brought back into fullness until Christ comes back and we are glorified as he is. But yet, we have this promise. In a sense, we are like the Samaritan, that we are cleansed, and this is just the start of it. That he has healed his flesh, and he comes and he gives thanks and praise to God. He is content with being despised as, as, a, as a, a, a Samaritan. Because the thing is, is that what's implied in this text is that while he was diseased, no one could tell if he was a Samaritan. The rest of the ten were Jews. We can gather here. And they didn't care that he was a Samaritan. He was welcomed in. He was one of them because of his sinful condition. And yet now that he is set apart by Christ, he is known for who he is. So it's this strange condition to be in. It's this strange dichotomy, this stark reality that we have as Christians, that we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by Jesus, and yet it is not as clearly seen as this man here. We go out to this world, and we are still sinful. We still fall short, and yet we know that God smiles on us because of what Christ has done for us. And because we do that, the world hates us. And yet, in all these things, we are content And the reason why I say content is because I'm pulling from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about these things, what it means to be content. That that for the sake of Christ, then I am content with, with, with weaknesses, 
with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And when we hear that word content, we need to be clear about what that really means. The Greek word is more than that, to be content. The word means to delight in, to, um, excuse me, uh, to be pleased, to take delight, to consent to what God has for you. That in all these things, when we are cleansed, we know that when we go out from here, we look just like the same sinner as we came in through these doors as. We look the same, we sound the same, but something is different. Something is changed. Christ has created us to be new creations. And in these things, we delight. We consent to what God brings because we are new by God's Spirit. We are able to now hear God's word and to go and to walk in the way that he has called us to walk. That being saved means you can now delight in all of God's gifts, even the ones that seem like hardships. Because we know that all things that God brings to us are for our good. That he works for the good of all things for those who, 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 who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For all those who have been set apart to give him thanks and praise. That after this healing, the Samaritan, though still hated by the world in several ways, went his way following Christ. So you, though hated by this world, are likewise washed clean in your baptisms, that in the water and, and the word, you now have died with Christ and have been raised to new life. And likewise, just as Christ says to the Samaritan, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Better translated as your faith has saved you. So likewise, you now, as a baptized child of God, can rise, go your way, follow he who is the way, the way and the truth and the life so that no matter what comes your way in this world, you can say, I am content, I delight in what God brings for me because I know that in the end, he has saved me. He has died for me. Therefore, the gift of faith that is granted to you by the Holy Spirit has saved you, has made you whole, has made you well to follow Christ. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.